my name is Aggie and this is Biohacking Bestie. The one-stop shop for a modern queen where you can find biohacking courses, self-growth courses, and where you can find the most incredible community of women so you can hit all of your biohacking goals and beyond. Hello beautiful beings, today on Biohacking Bestie we have someone I don't have to introduce to anybody, I think. Jim Quigg, the brain expert, a dear friend of mine and the author of Limitless. Now we can see the expanded edition over here, which yeah. um, I'm so excited to talk to you about. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So a little backstory for those of you who don't know, I met Jim five or six years ago. I was a typical travel influencer and a lot of people at that time and these days put me in this box you know blonde you know on instagram she's probably whatever and you never put me in a box mm -hmm. you always just saw me for being a human being and you were just warm and open and i want to start our conversation about how to be limitless with like how to not put yourself in a box how yeah. to approach people without judgment and just seeing them for for who they are as as another human being Wow. Well, congratulations on, on everything. And thank you again for everyone who's tuning in. I was put into a box early on. You know, I had a brain injury and a teacher said that was the boy with the broken brain to all the other kids, you know, leave, as a way of saying, leave this kid alone, stop teasing him. But I know what it feels like. And so I feel part of what I did was I was kind of marginalized and I always kind of sit off to the side in class and didn't want the attention. And I would just watch people. And I just, you know, I got curious, you know, especially to people suffering and their struggles. But I felt like it was unfair that I had this label that, because you're not born with those labels, yeah. right? And, you know, it comes through experience and expectations and other people, external environment. But I'm, I'm highly sensitive because I also, as a coach, I want to see the potential in everybody, right? I, I would assume a good coach or therapist or, you know, parent that they would see a version of that person you know, and yeah, but I love our friendship mm. and yeah, wow. It, years really go by. It's like dog years, <laughs> you know, in this world, yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like instead of five or six years, it's like 35 or 42 years, you know, without a doubt, but congratulations on everything, and you know. Thank you for seeing me and thank you for just not judging me right away. And I yeah. think it was just so beautiful to see my journey now. And I know you don't consider yourself a biohacker, but I feel like more or less we were able to to kind of get into the yeah. same space, which yeah. is like motivating people to show them that, you know, don't put yourself in a box. Life is so beautiful when you just put yourself out there. Yeah. No, Whatever like, that space is I, called. I, I love, <laughs> you know, sharing stages with you and also seeing you at the events, biohacking and, and, and not, you know, there's, there's two parts. And I've been doing like cold therapy for over 10 years. I met Wim Hof and when we meet in 2010, 13 speaking By the way, Alexis is here. Sorry, our CEO, no, no, yeah, my, my, my business partner of 17 years and our CEO is here. Yeah, we met, we met Wim even uh, 2013 speaking wow. at an event in Boston. So I've been doing cold therapy every day, you know, since then, but I've been doing yoga needle. I've been doing a lot of stuff, Yeah, but, but it's to take care of the hardware. Like we teach in Limitless Expanded the software, how to read faster, mm -hmm. how to improve your focus, how to be less forgetful, remember names and mm -hmm. all these, all those uh, speeches and everything we do here in Hollywood down the street, but also you have to take care of the hardware too. Right. And so I, I look forward to learning from so you. So what are the biohacks well. that you do? I know you're not a yeah. biohacker, but just so let's talk about the hardware before we dive into the book. Yeah. You were the first one to introduce me to the, the yeah. mat. 
what, what's the mat called? The one with all the crystals? <laughs> yeah. So we, um, so we have a lot of shared equipment and everything, you know, so I want to, I want to give people options and we can mention some of the specific things that I do. Mm-hmm. And then also nature's, you know, sometimes often better alternative that's free. I often think of biohacking. It's just like, it's like a shortcut to what's yeah. already available in nature. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can go and yeah. swim in a cold river and it's going to do the same. The, yeah. the fancy $7,000, you know, uh, cold plunge. Right, right, right. But it's a little more convenient to just walk no outside. <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt. But I, yeah, giving people options. So like in the morning, I will wake up and instead of touching my phone, again, I talk about having a to-do list, but also not to-do list. And for me, touching a device like out of bed or while I'm in bed at night, it's just, it's just an absolute non-negotiable. I can't do that because I don't like the way it makes me feel because mm-hmm. um, I'm highly sensitive to, to the light and to the content. And, you know, I want to be in my parasympathetic rest and digest. Would you say you're highly sensitive or just highly aware what it does to your brain? Because I think yeah. that's I think we're all very susceptible to phone in the morning, but we're just so used to it yeah. that we stop being aware what it does to our body unless we take a proper break. Same thing with diet. It's the same if, if you if you eat a diet that's nourishing and it helps you flourish, and then you eat something that's off of that, and then you just become sensitive to it. More than if you ate yeah. that cake all the time or those donuts yeah. and yeah, that yeah, French yeah. toast all the time, right? You would be you would be more reactive. And I feel like I've trained my mind in a way that anybody can, because I'm definitely not special. I had my brain injury and I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's, all these different things. But when I wake up, the first thing I do, and this is not biohacking, but I'll get to the biohacking, is I... I just have gratitude and it's not like my morning routine doesn't take like three hours. All right. Sometimes it did, you know, on certain occasions, especially on weekends where I need to recover from mm-hmm. a big trip. Like, you know, you just landed. Yeah. I mean, I just landed that. from Bali uh, right. after a 24 hour flight two hours ago. And I'm so of- appreciative that you were able to accommodate <laughs> this and just land and be able to this, like have this glow on you and be like. I mean, you basically, Jim said, I only have this Tuesday yeah. <laughs> available in LA. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm coming back early from Bali. And oh, here I am two hours ago. So and, it mean, and it means everything. So when I wake up, and I really want to deliver for everybody and turn this into, like, into a little masterclass because I love your community because we've I've had you on my podcast. Yes. And so let's um I, I do this mental experiment where I imagine myself coming back at home and a family member asked me how was your day and I was like I I crushed it today was amazing and then I just ask myself a simple question that anybody could ask themselves it costs no money takes very little time what what had to happen in order for me to feel that way. Right. And what mm-hmm. had to happen in order for me to say, like, today was amazing. And then I work backwards from that. So I began with the end in mind. And it's not the 200 things on the, my to-do list. It's like I look for three things personally and three things professionally. I keep it to the six. And it could be walking my dogs. That could mm-hmm. be a personal thing that if I take get my steps in for 30 minutes and, and do that, then that's just one of the things. But I don't leave it to chance because I find that if you pick up your phone, it trains you not only to be distracted, but also reactive, mm-hmm. you know? So obviously every ring, ping, ding, app, no, and I love social media. It allows people to connect, right? Yeah. And allows us to, you know, share our message. And sometimes, you know, con- doom scrolling and context switching, you know, you could go through a thousand different contexts and your brain just not really geared for that, you know, doing that all the time. Yeah. And when you wake up, you're in this relaxed state of awareness and you're very suggestible. So the first thing you do is distract yourself. You flex your distraction muscles and you wonder why you can't focus at work yeah. or in school. or. And there's no amount gym, gym quick then, right? right. Like once you have so much phone time. And, and, and the thing is, and I'm not saying this is perfect, but, but behind every principle, there's a promise, right? So people don't have to do anything strictly. They could just experiment. 
and judge, because I think ultimately it's about agency. It's about personal power. It's, it's you have responsibility, you know, to be, do, have, and share what you want to. And who am I to say, like, this is how you should live your life. But these are what I do. And maybe behind it, there's a principle that you could do it in your own way. Because there's yeah. definitely a science and art to this, right? Yeah. I love that you say that if you do it for the first time, it's a mistake. If you do it for the second time, it's a choice. Yeah, yeah, Which I yeah, think yeah. it's really powerful, uh, especially yeah. with the phone, right? That it is a choice that you're picking it up in the morning, almost like a habit. Yeah, and that's the problem. When we get unconscious about things, I think the first thing we need to do is get mindful and conscious because what you're aware of, that's the first step to creating any transformation and change, right? And every day you have a chance because every day you have a choice. There, there's a quote in Limitless from a French philosopher and he says, life is the letter C between B and D, where B is birth and D is death. Life is choice. choice. And we are the sum total of all the choices that we make, right? Where are we going to live? Where are you going to focus on? Spend time with? And what are we going to do? Who are you going to spend? You know, all this yeah. stuff, right? And uh, I believe these difficult times, they could distract us, uh, which they're doing a good job of, or yeah. they could diminish us, or these difficult times can develop us. We just decide. So the first choice I make is to feel grateful because I really feel like gratitude is the foundation for everything. I know a lot of wealthy people who just are miserable. Because, yeah. you know, and it has nothing to do with what they have. They have so much more than most of us. I mean, you would know the best you work with A-list celebrities. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is people. the people that are at that level, like, you know, like another thing, reframing just wealth is just like, you know, what do you have that money can't buy? Like, I wouldn't trade a lot of the things like our someone be able to listen to this? Would you trade your hearing for that or your ability to see or to be able to mm. feel your friendships? You know, for all, so that makes you just appreciate because what you appreciate appreciates, it grows, mm. right? Because I feel like, and you don't have to wait for a greater life to feel grateful. You could feel grateful and have a greater life automatically. Because I also know people have very little resources, but they are genuinely happy and they're loving and they're yeah, just fulfilled even with little resources like you said you have access to the internet you speak yeah. english right just by you watching this you already are so much more ahead than most yeah. people on the planet and so exactly and so with technology it's a tool for us to use but if it's using us out of habit and you know just boredom then it's using us then we become the tool and that's not yeah. the goal but going back to some of the biohacking i love nature so i wrote the chapter, the largest chapter in the book is on memory improvement, because I think memory is a foundation for learning. And I wrote it in Greece, because I discovered that there's a goddess of memory, oh, wow. you know, in ancient Greece. And she gave birth to the nine muses of science, literature, and art. So isn't it interesting that the mother of science, literature, and art is it's memory? memory. Yeah. Wow. And so, but there, I, you know, I pulled from not only the writing this book, the latest neuroscience and adult learning theory and everything around that in psychology, but also ancient wisdom. Like what did people do before there were printing presses, how they remember things, right? And so, you know, I'm very excited about this, but also going back to this, the ancient wisdom back in like Babylonian time or Greek time, like ancient Greek time, they used to think everything was made of four elements, air, fire, water, earth. And so it, I just I started experimenting in my life where I was like, I want to get those four elements in my being first thing in the morning. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so in no cost. So I'll just go outside and I'll get grounded, mm -hmm. right? This is transfer of electrons. And, you know, I just also just make me feel good. Regardless of the science, just getting on the ground just makes yeah. me feel good. And people could get a, a PEMF mat to, to duplicate Earth's mm -hmm. frequencies. You know, for me, barefoot, ground, on the grass, something simple. So that's Earth. And then I, I hydrate. 
you know, we could lose up to a pound of water when we sleep through respiration, perspiration. And I had uh, Dr. Lisa Moscone, she's a neuroscientist and nutritionist on our uh, podcast. And she was saying just a, a 2% dip in hydration, dehydrated could have dramatically affect your cognitive health and, uh, and wow. performance. And staying hydrated on the other side could boost your reaction time, your thinking speed upwards of 30%. So we could lose a lot of water because your brain is mostly water, 70 plus percent. So I'll drink water. I'll get the direct sunlight, which we know the power of that for biohacking. Yeah. To yeah. you know, your eyes are the only part of your brain, uh, your brain that's outside of your skull, and it helps to reset your circadian rhythm. One of the most important things you can do for better sleep that night is to get direct sunlight first thing in the morning, yeah. not through windows because it could filter out um, spectrums of of light. So that's the fire. So I have earth, water, fire, and then air, fresh air. Uh, if you wake up in the morning and you have those mental cobwebs and or some mental fatigue, I think one of the best things, I mean, we could go weeks without food, all right? We could go a few weeks easily without food. You could go a, f- a few days without water, but you can only go a few minutes without air, yeah. right? And so I'll do my breathing. So I'll get the earth, water, fire, uh, and air in my body. And I just, and that could take all of 12 minutes. So it doesn't. And it's free. Yeah. And anybody could be able to duplicate that. Even if you're outside and it's not sunny, I mean, this is beautiful. But even if it's hazy, you'll still get the benefits and the yeah. brain benefits. Now, if people want to use the fancy devices and they have access to it in their city that they happen to live, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I have, I have a lot of things, <laughs> <laughs> probably more than most, but I didn't start that way. You know, when, when my parents immigrated here, my dad lost his parents when he was 13. They couldn't afford in Jakarta, you know, and so I spent a lot of time in Indonesia. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, you know, he came here to live with his aunt and um, left his siblings behind. And, you know, we lived in the back of a laundromat that my mom worked at. So many jobs. And my grandmother, who was that aunt, not really a grandmother, but I only knew her as that, mm-hmm. um, raised us. And, you know, she passed of Alzheimer's when I was seven. So it informed with my TBI, my head injury and my learning challenges and losing someone close to me to Alzheimer's, you know, really inform what I do today. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting that our struggles, you know, can lead to strengths. It's beautiful. It's it's not really staying in the victim mentality, but using those hardships to to serve other people, right? And I love what yeah. you do to people in general, to, you know, your commitment to Alzheimer as well. Sure. Um, so that's amazing. I also know that, you know, a lot of people say that they try not to be on their phone, but the reality is very different. But I, in case you ever text Jim yeah. on WhatsApp, it, a, the message right. doesn't go through. So you basically go offline, yeah. airplane mode. And, and I, so and tell I'm, me and I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, suggesting that again, you know, because a lot of people, they have to be in touch with family and their work and everything. But do we? Like, that's yeah. the thing. Do you really well, need to try, be online I give people. I mean, I want to challenge people, certainly, in terms of what they believe is possible. But yeah, I, so you're a very busy person and somehow yeah. you go airplane mode. Often. Basically throughout the day. I, I think airplane mode is one of the most important functions your phone has, personally. Besides the screen, especially at night, that it could, you know, the, the light could fool your mind and think it's still daylight so we don't produce the melatonin to be able to phase in that parasympathetic kind of sleep mode. But also, it's the, the human brain just didn't evolve to be able to process, like, every, we have the access to everything in this device and and I love you I think you said that being on your phone 24/7 is giving people access uh, putting their agenda above yours yeah so it not only does it rewire your brain for distraction you know and you're flexing that muscle first thing in the morning if that's what you're touching and, and, and interacting with but it also when you're in that relaxed state of awareness when you first wake up you're also 
getting becoming very reactive, that one message of a voice message, a social media message, an email, a text, uh, WhatsApp, it could totally hijack our mood for hours. Yeah. I mean, been there, then that. But yeah, <laughs> and why do you want to, like, if you're going to go and lead as an entrepreneur, a biohacker, what, whatever age or stage you are in life, why would you start your day just reacting to everybody else, fighting fires and, you know, as opposed to being proactive and designing your day and saying, these are the three things I want to accomplish and I want to, I'm not going to touch my phone until I just do one of these things, maybe. Yeah. Which is funny, so I originally started as a, let's just call it motivational coach. And then I was like, you know, I just gonna motivate the hell out of people and they're gonna just do things. And they realized, wow, if they don't take care of their biology, yeah. if they don't take care of the diet, right? And the phone and the sleep, there's no amount of Jim Quick or Tony Robbins that get them out of bed because yeah. you're just working against your biology. So I really like that you actually added the nootropics in the book. And so let's step it. in what else is new in the book on top yeah. of the- Yeah, so this book, for, for people who don't have it, this is an owner's manual for your brain. When the original book came out, we're very proud. It it swept all I the bestseller lists. I love that you say lists. we. It's so sweet of you. Well, because it takes a village for for sure. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's it's it swept the bestseller list. And, I, and it overtook Obama's book for six days, almost a full week, as wow. the number one nonfiction book in the world on Amazon. And I'm, I'm saying this more because... And can we just say how many reviews you have? Because that's super impressive. The original book, it just came out a few years ago, has over 18,000 ratings and reviews just on, on, on Amazon. Amazon. And then yeah. another 13,000 yeah. on Goodreads or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it, it did well. But what I'm more proud of is two things. Like, first of all, this conversation is happening. You know, I feel like that our brains, I want to remind people that we are the pilot of our minds. We're not the passenger, right? Yeah. We can direct it and take responsibility and have agency over it. And so I think it's good to have these conversations about the things that pull us away from the things that really light us up. I feel like some people are burnt out, maybe because they're doing too much, but most people are burnt out because they're doing too little of the things that that light them up, that nourish them, that make them come alive, right? Which for, especially for women, feels a little selfish, yeah. right? Like, And I think you also talk about it, that self-care is not selfish. Yeah. And it's your responsibility to fill your own cup first. I think so, because, you know, if somebody's listening to this right now and they are the person that people go to, their friends or work, you're like their person or the family when things are going wrong. You know, I feel like that part of self-care is not only eating the best brain foods and optimizing your sleep, all the things we talk about in our in our podcasts mm -hmm. and books, but also it's falling in love with the person in the mirror who's been through so much and is still standing, mm -hmm. right? It's it within you and you inspire people with your grit and your grace. And I feel like you do need to fill up your cup. My, my friend, Lisa Nichols says, don't even just, just fill up your cup and pour out of it. She has, she pours into herself so much that it'll actually overflows into the saucer and she pours from the saucer. <laughs> so it's just another way of yeah. looking at it, but yeah. you can't give what you don't have and you don't want to be burnt out. Yeah. Beautiful. So for someone listening to this right now, my audience is mostly women. And yeah. I think there is this sort of like, pride into putting other people ahead of us right and one of the biggest takeaway from what you teach for me is that everyone is smart and if you yeah. are not smart you're doing something against your brain and let's just figure out what is it about your yeah. habits or your you know boxes that you have put yourself in or your diet yeah. that is making you feel otherwise but we are all smart we we are and it's not how smart you are it's how are you smart oh. i realize that <laughs> doing this for 
30 plus years and working with people of all ages and stages. And, you know, when people see me at events and I'll memorize 100 people's names on stage or do these things, I always say, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's possible. Because regardless of your age, your background, your career, your education, financial situation, gender, history, IQ, we all could do this. We just weren't taught. There were no classes mm-hmm. on how to do this, right? So that's why I wrote this book is not only for an owner's manual for your brain, but it shows you very tactical things you could do to have better focus, better memory, read faster, understand more of what you read, solve your problems, you know, as well as all the the hacks, like, yeah. you know, the I mean, chapters the memory- on focus, chapters on f- accessing flow states. Yeah, you know? and memory as well. It was so funny. So we were getting ready to film this episode and Michael yeah. was like, I was going to tell you something. I completely forgot. He's like, wait, do I need to walk Why back? He's like calling you out. <laughs> No, I was like, don't worry, we have a brain expert coming, so (laughs) you're in good hands. But he was like, I think I need to walk back to where I had that thought because of the location. And he walked back. He's like, I know. Yeah. And I'll tell you why is because all learning is context dependent. You know, if they say content is king or queen, then the context is the kingdom. And it's sometimes the location, even when you forget someone's name, some people will go like, where do I know that person from? Because the context will give you the content. Oh, interesting. And also we anchor memories to our environment. They do these studies where they'll put people underwater and have them memorize like lists of words. And then they'll take them out and test how many they recall. And they'll submerge them back in with obviously breathing apparatus and test them underwater. And in which environment do they remember more in? And what's the answer? Underwater, because that's where they learned it. Right, because unconsciously you encode your environment to the content. So, so how can we use it to our advantage? Perfect, perfect. So, like for example, if you need to give a presentation at work, studying in the place where you have to give the presentation will help you anchor it unconsciously. Um, If you have to take a test and you study in that classroom, it'll be anchored. But most times you can't do that. So, what do you do? Simple things. One of the out of the five senses, one of them is extremely linked to memory, which is your sense of smell. Uh Right. And, you know, and probably because as hunter gatherers, if you smelled something was rotten or, you know, you need to be able to recall it to be able to know it's it's poisonous or harmful. But what if you took some amazing, you know, unique smells and you had it like that lip balm or that essential oil or that cologne or perfume on while you're studying or preparing to give that TEDx talk and then wear that same fragrance when you need to perform it? Beautiful. Right, because it get anchored. And then also if you use specific fragrances like rosemary, things that have been shown to help with focus and memory, right, certain citrus wow. also as well, then that could even further enhance. So if you're chewing on some gum and it, some people say, uh, you know, chewing gum is good for your memory, depending on obviously the quality of the gum. But if it's a certain flavor, having that same one when you need to be able to retrieve that information. So that's a way of, if you can't do it in the environment, then bring the environment into you and then... It's so great because it's like sometimes when I like someone peels an orange reminds me of my grandpa every single time because he used to peel oranges. Like I was like, I cannot like smell an orange, not think about him. Yeah, we all have a fragrance or food that we could have and it could take us back to when we were kids. Oh, that's such a... That's the power of our, our memory, yeah. So super helpful. Any other focus techniques that you can share for a modern woman who is juggling a million things at a time and she feels like, I just can't seem to focus. Yeah. Our our community is is more women than than men also. And I feel like, (laughs) yeah, our CEO is a woman. Our team is 70% female, you know, and, uh, so yeah, it's it's and we donate the proceeds to build schools for girls uh, in Ghana, Guatemala, Kenya, oh, I didn't know. and also uh, Alzheimer's research for women. 
in memory of my grandmother. My Women are twice as likely to experience Alzheimer's than men. And so yet most of the research is done on men and treatments hmm. done on men. So we just really want to bring that to light. So we're very passionate about it. But in terms of focus, yes. Yeah, so focus is on, on a beautiful day like it is today. You remember being a kid playing with a magnifying glass mm-hmm. and you would burn like, um, like leaves and stuff like yeah. that. And it's interesting because that point is very, that light is very sharp. It's very bright. And isn't it interesting the words we use? Like when we describe someone as you're really bright or you're really sharp, what are mm-hmm. we saying about that person? That they're, they're, they're really smart. smart they're yeah. intelligent, yeah, right? Yeah. And, but maybe they're not more intelligent. Maybe they're just better focused, right? And so it's interesting with all the ambient light here, you might not see like a 50 watt bulb, but if you focus it, it could be a laser that could go through, you know, that, that wall. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of focus. But yet, when we grow up in a society full of rings and pings and dings and app notifications and social media alerts, how do we maintain our concentration, right? Even when you read, how many people get to the end of a page and just forgot what they just read because their mind is wandering, yeah. right? Especially this idea that we can multitask, right? Yeah. So doing five things at a time, it just doesn't So, really- so hard. I mean, women are, are, are a little bit better than, than men at it, but yeah, it's more task switching, right? Mm-hmm. You're going from, you, we can't do more than one cognitive activity at once and what it costs you is three things so you know the enemy of of focus would be like trying to multitask and Mm -hmm. and be distracted but three reasons why you want to focus on one thing number one the thing you think you're gaining you're losing time when you task switch to go from one thing let's say you're 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 writing and then you go to checking email or so you have to shut down like it takes five or ten minutes just to regain your focus right so you lose time the second thing you're losing you're going to make more mistakes we get to work with a lot of doctors and it's been shown that surgeons that try to multitask during operations will make more surgical yeah. mistakes. I mean, think about driving and texting, right? It's like, it's worse than driving drunk yeah. sometimes depending on the, on the alcohol level because you can't do those two things really well together. And if that wasn't a reason enough just to focus and not multitask and more monotask, you're right, focus on one thing, besides time and mistakes, energy for, for your, you know, the women that are listening right now, if they feel like brain fog or mental fatigue, yes, it could be part of the diet, it could be a number of factors, but also when you're doing an activity, part of your cognitive web is lit up. And in order to do something else, you have to shut this down and turn this one on. It takes a lot of brain glucose. Mm-hmm. So if people are tired, it might be, you know, like might be because they're trying to do too much at the same time. Yeah, it's overwhelming. How has your brain changed since being a parent? Do oh, you... wow. We haven't <laughs> talked about that. Congratulations, no, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I haven't even talked about that on my podcast. Oh, oops. Um, no, no, no. It's, it's great. I mean, it, it's... A, Do you it's feel a, like it has changed? Because it's, it's also harder to focus when you have a baby. It has affected myself and, and my wife, for sure. Definitely more is landing on her and her responsibilities, you know, how we have it set up. And I admire... I admire all parents, but especially mothers that doing what mm-hmm. they did. I don't even know how my, my mom did it, you know, with, with, you know, working so many jobs and having three of us. But I would say, I mean, I wrote this for, you know, for my son. This is our firstborn. He's 10 months old. Oh, you, you did? I, oh. It's, it's not, no, no, it's, it's dedicated to there, but it's one of those things oh. because I wrote it because I updated this book and added, you know, over a hundred new pages and research and things to create momentum in your life and post pandemic world. And how do you build learning agility and what are the best nootropics and how do you uh, use AI to enhance your HI, your, mm-hmm. your human intelligence, right? And so many usable things in addition to the, the speed reading, the memory, the best brain foods and everything. But also, you know, it deepened 
my commitment to the next generation. Because I, I feel like we're not prepared for the world that we're, we're living in right now. At least I love school it. didn't do that. You said that, much. right? Like that the school system is built for the, you know, from it, the times when it was no digital. Yeah. I know, mean, overall. it started originally by like churches and it started universities. And it was based on rote memorization where, you know, a teacher would say something and the students would repeat it. And that's the wheel, like rote. Uh, rotary like a rotary club it's a wheel and so the first half of the wheel is a teacher saying the fact and then the other half of it is the students repeating it out loud and we don't do that now in school but how people study is just repetition and mm -hmm. it's the most inefficient way of of learning something you know there's always frequency just think about working out there's frequency duration and intensity think about marketing there's frequency duration and intensity so if, if you're working out you could get a certain result by you know doing more reps right if you you could also spend more duration more time on that reformer right or mm -hmm. more time on the treadmill or more time in that class or you could do something so intense like a lot of the biohackers do using the cheat machine and the arx and the carol bike high intensity because it's intensity and you could get similar or sometimes even better results so same thing with marketing you could frequency you could put that ad out many times and duration, you could have a longer sales presentation or a longer sales video, or you could have something so intense that touch people emotionally and it's so relevant to them that they just can't forget it and they have to buy, yeah. right? But same thing with learning. You can learn something with frequency or duration, you know, repeat it over and over again or study longer duration. But if you make it so intense, you also can't forget it. And the best thing about intensity is it doesn't take time like frequency and duration does. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm so passionate about showing people smarter ways because nobody, many, people, many of us can't work any harder than we are already, Yeah. right? And so we have to be wiser for sure. Ever felt the midday slump or that fatigue after a workout? Many times it's not just fatigue, but an electrolyte deficiency. Headaches, cramps, brain fog. Yep, all signs of it. Based on substantial research, Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix that challenges traditional views on sodium. Each pack is a refreshing mix of health, without sugar or any artificial colors. It's perfect for athletes, those on fasting regimens, or even those who follow specific diets like keto or paleo. This is why Element is my go-to electrolyte drink and trusted by many of the world's leading health experts and athletes, including Team USA Weightlifting, dozens of professional sports teams across NFL, NHL, NBA, and even Navy SEALs teams. Honestly, we fight between my friends which one is the best. My personal favorite is chocolate salt. You can add it to your coffee for a mocha, but for example, my friend Courtney is obsessed with raspberry salt. So you go and choose. The truth is everyone needs electrolytes, but if you're an active person or on a low-carb diet, you really need electrolytes to feel and perform your best. So Element came up with a fantastic offer for you guys. Go to drink lmnt.com forward slash Aggie to get a free sample pack with any purchase. And I, I, I love that you say that the best students are kids because they use play yeah. to like kind of like help with that intensity. I feel like your next book will be like Limitless for Kids because I would be very curious what we can do or what one can do as a parent to help our child be smarter right yeah. at the start because it's like what you did in your life you kind of felt like you're not that smart and kind of work your way back yeah. which seems like you know you kind of quote-unquote wasted 10 or 15 years of your life right. feeling it not very hard. smart and same goes for me we only finding out 
all of this, all of these biohacks at the age like 35, I wish I, my parents had awareness and right. a little bit of practice to help me learn, not instead of just making me repeat boring concepts, right, right. right? So I'm curious, and you don't have to answer, obviously, but is there anything that you know that you will be practicing with your son right off the start to help him just get super smart and limitless? Yeah. So it's interesting when I approach parenthood, I thought I would teach the baby and teach the like like everything. And so far, it's been the opposite. I'm learning. Ah, oh, beautiful. Learning how to be present learning how to, reminding myself how to be playful and curious. Like this kid just like, everything is just, it's just wonder and awe, right? And so I feel like we can learn from anybody and that keeps you humble, right? Because it feels like everybody has had a different life experience. We can learn from everybody, but especially, especially with children. But in the areas that I focus on, it's always minds, it's always mindset, motivation, and methods. That's the limitless model. It's a Venn diagram. That if you feel stuck in some area of your life, and then I'll talk about how it applies it to parenthood. If you feel stuck, so limitless is not about being perfect. It's about advancing. It's about progressing. Mm -hmm. It's about growth, right? Doing what you thought you couldn't do. But if you feel like the opposite, limited, then you're stuck. So if you think if you're stuck in a box in your income or a box in your impact or a box in your health or your reading speed, right? That box is three-dimensional. So the three forces that contain you are the same three forces that will liberate you unlimit you, right? And it's three M's, only three M's. It's your mindset, mm -hmm. your motivation, and the methods. So think about an area, everyone, I'm talking, we're making in this little masterclass, some people listening, an area you feel stuck. Only those three forces, it's, it's unlimiting those three. So someone could learn the great method on how to be healthy, but if their mindset is, I don't deserve this, yeah. you know, or it's not possible for me, because your mindset is a set of assumptions and attitudes you have about something. So let's say you, you want to make more money, but your your mindset is money is the root of all evil. You're not mm -hmm. going to do that method or do it well because you feel like, or maybe your assumptions are anyone who has money, they hurt people or took advantage mm -hmm. of people. And there's so many like that, even for yourself, right? You might be thinking, oh, I'm an adult. I should be teaching my son how to be X, Y, and right. Z. But because you're open-minded, it's like, maybe I can learn from this 10-month-old of how to look at the world a different way, right? Yeah. So always having that open mind and not limiting yourself. Yeah, growth mindset. I mean, the opposite is a fixed mindset. And there are actually, you know, other mindsets. But the idea here is with a child, you don't you don't say this, you, wow, you are so smart or you're, you're a genius when it comes to learning. Because what happens is, what research shows is when that person, that child fails, which inevitably they will, they won't know what to do because it was an innate characteristic. Like they're, they failed and they're, because they're, they're, even they're a genius, they failed, there's something they could do as opposed to rewarding and reinforcing, wow, you worked really hard. I'm so proud of you, right? The effort So effort-based versus much uh, more. Like personality. So we're, we're not meant to tell our children, wow, you're smart. Because it ultimately will hurt them in their long term. Because then, when they fail, it like, kind of like bugs them, right? As right. Because there's nothing they could do. It's either they're yeah. smart or they're not smart, right? As opposed to, wow, I really admire like like the, the focus you have when you're studying like that, or wow, good good job, you really put in that effort, and that that that's more of the focus. But that's then that's area of the mindset. You know, motivation. People could have a limitless motivation. Um, limitless mindset and believe everything's possible, that they're capable, they deserve it, and still be stuck because they lack the second M, which is motivation, right? They're not motivated to get out of that box, you know? And so there's three keys for motivation, limitless motivation. So if you're not getting yourself to work out or reading or meditating or biohacking or whatever it is, making those sales calls, whatever, there are three factors. 
P times E times S3, all right? So this is the key to not only motivating yourself, but it's also the key to motivating somebody else, like your kids or mm -hmm. someone you work with or your significant other. So let's say it's, so working out is so good for your brain, right? When you work out, you uh, create brain-derived neurotropic factors, BDNF, which is like fertilizer for neuroplasticity, right? Uh, it's great for ne your neurotransmitters. You're working out, it will help your uh, dopamine, mm -hmm. you know, your serotonin, your endorphins. It, uh, it lowers systemic inflammation in, in your body. There's so many benefits. It actually makes, it helps with insulin resistance. So many benefits for exercise, right? But if you're not doing it, P times E times S3. The P stands for purpose. Mm -hmm. we, ha we need a reason. Without a reason, you won't get the reward. Reasons reap results, right? And so even if you don't have a reason to remember someone's name, you're not going to remember it. And most people, they could have a reason, but they're not acknowledging it. So even asking yourself, why do I want to remember this person's name? Maybe to show the person respect, maybe to practice these things I learned on this podcast. Coming up with one reason will help, you know, remembering what you read, but also when it comes to feeling. And it has to be a feeling. Like a little while ago, I saw this person on the street and I didn't recognize him. But I knew, I thought I knew him, which is weird because I'm, I'm like a memory expert, right? And it wasn't until I heard his voice that I, I realized who it was because he looked totally different. Oh, wow. And the backstory is the person was very unhealthy, extremely. And he, and we tried to help him, uh, friends, mutual friends, but he would take pride in being unhealthy and smoking. Mm. And you know what I mean? It's, it was his identity. That was his identity, yeah. yeah. And I see him and he looks refreshed. He looks 10 years younger. He lost all this weight. He has this glow. And I was like, wait, wait, I was like, well, how'd you do this? He was like, he was telling me all the biohacks and all the things he was doing. I was like, we've been telling you for like years to do this <laughs> stuff. And you, he was like, yeah. But and he tells me the story that, you know, he came back from a business trip and his daughter was crying hysterically. And she had this horrible nightmare that, that, he, that her father died. And it went, you know, pretty deep. And when he heard that, he found purpose. That's, that's purpose. Because a lot of people know intellectually what they should do, but they don't do it because it has to go from your head to your heart. Then it'll go to your hands, right? Oh, your behavior, yep. <laughs> right? So you could have vision and, you know, and set goals here, but if you're not acting with your hands, it's just in your head, your heart, right? So you have to feel it. So that's purpose. But then someone can have limitless purpose and still not be motivated because they need the E, which is energy, because like as, as, you know, having a little one, I'm not sleeping very well, right? So I'm not very, if I haven't slept in three nights, I'm not going to be very motivated to work out, yeah. right? If you had a big process meal that puts you in a food coma, you're not going to be very motivated to study or to yeah. read, right? And so the energy we talk about, just like on your podcast and our podcast and in the book, all the different ways to be able to, because you don't have energy, you generate energy. All the ways you can generate more energy from the from the foods to managing your stress to positive peer group to optimizing your sleep, nootropics, all that. Now, the last thing I want to I want to show people is it's you could have limitless purpose and limitless energy and still not be motivated because you need S three. You need to do small, simple steps because often what keeps us if you haven't worked out. You know, we know exercise is good, but if you, that's not part of your routine, it could be too big. Like, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people say, I want to meet my soulmate and live happily ever after. I want to get 100,000 followers on social media. I want to build the next unicorn. I want to have the perfect body. <laughs> it's just way too big. And so yeah. small, simple step is like, okay, maybe you can't get your, you know, can't work out. A small, simple step, put on your running shoes. How about that? Like we just did a podcast with this awesome biological dentist talking about how your oral health is related to your brain health. 
right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about simple, simple things beyond brushing, right? But we, we were talking about flossing a little bit and it's so good for you. Like if you can't get your kids to floss, maybe that's too big because it's out of, it's a new habit. Get them to floss one tooth. That's a small, simple step. If they're not cleaning the disaster of a bedroom that they have, maybe putting one sock in a hamper, right? Yeah. Or if somebody, you know, if people see me on social media with Oprah or Elon or whoever, right? They people, rock every single famous person <laughs> on the planet. But, <laughs> but if they ask me how we bonded, a lot of what we, a lot of these individuals we bonded over, over books because you read to succeed. Right, you know, because leaders are readers. You know, even but Warren Buffett. But you don't Buffett. start with a five hundred page book. You might right. start just go through exactly. limitless through the chapter, right? Exactly. And so, like opening a book would be a small, simple step. Reading one line would be a small, simple step. And nobody's going to stop at flossing one tooth or reading one line, right? Inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's it's too hard. Oh, I love you know? that. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of the new chapters, there's a brain test different yes, kinds of brains. I love you, this. I, I, I love this so much. So talk a little bit about different okay. kinds of brain, how to support it, and can you guess what so kind of brain do I have? Just like with biohacking, how there's like personalized medicine based on your genetics, or mm -hmm. there's personalized nutrition based on, let's say, your microbiome, right? We, we created like a personalized learning for mm -hmm. people based on their cognitive type. And I realized uh, working with clients one-on-one -on -one, that not everything works for everybody. Right, just yeah. like when, just like not every foods for everybody, right? And I found that there's four buckets that people fall in in terms of their brain type, and I call this your brain code, C O D E, which is an acronym. And we made a quiz. It's free. You don't. There's nothing to buy. It takes four minutes to go through. It's at myBrainAnimal.com, and in that you'll discover your brain animal. Right. The test is also in the book. It's also if you in get the book. The book so yes. You and, get and, and in the book, we go deeper in the research because it's very prescriptive because based on your animal, that informs how you could be reading better and learning better. And, yeah, and how to crash at work. And, Absolutely. Yep, yep. And how to communicate better with other animals. So it's like, so I pulled from a lot of sciences and psychologies like personality types, tests like Myers-Briggs, mm -hmm. introvert-extrovert, multiple intelligence theory, lateral dominance, uh, like left brain, right brain dominance, mm -hmm. and learning styles, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. So, and it's like so simple and elegant, but let, let's go through the animals. The C is your cheetah. Your mm -hmm. cheetah is, they're fast acting. They love to implement. They don't just learn for the sake of learning, they apply, right? They thrive in fast paced environments. They are quick to adjust and adapt. And they have very strong intuition. Like Richard Branson, I think you mentioned in the book. Yes. Is an example. Would be an example. Yeah. Abs, abs, uh, Richard Branson acts, you know, uh, Serena Williams would be, it would be a cheetah. Which so, I love that you say that intuition is part of your brain because people think it's just a feeling, but it actually yeah. is some sort of alignment, an alignment, right? With mind, yeah. body, and soul. Is that intuition of like, this feels right? It, it's, it's part of a, a, all of our genius when we could be, be able to be quiet and be able to listen to that, that instinct and intuition. This, the O in code are your owls. Yeah. And they are very logical. They love data, facts, and figures, and formulas. And now just think about it. A cheetah and an owl would, would learn different. They would invest different. They would parent different, right? And the Albert Einstein quote that you have in the book right there, which is like, if you judge a fish by its ability to fly, yeah. it would feel something or like that. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> I'm it's, butchering it's, the quote, but, but that's but the it, idea. The essence of it is not, going back to what we talked about earlier, it's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart. So once you understand how you're smart, you could apply it in, 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 in magical ways. 
So an owl would be, they love data, they love facts, they're, they're very organized, and everything's very logical. The D in code are your dolphins, and these are your creative visionaries. They are great problem solvers. They have this incredible imagination where they could kind of even see the future before others can, where they could visualize it, and maybe other people, like a Walt Disney, a J.K. Rawlings would fall under, mm -hmm. under that. And also, this would also inform what uh, jobs you take, you know, career paths, right, yeah. based on your... But also, as an employer, wouldn't you want to send every single person that works for you to Jim Craig's test and yeah. be like, oh, I know how to make the most advantage, or maybe oh, yeah. the person that's in marketing... I, shouldn't be there because she's an owl and I'm asking her to be creative. creative. I need a dolphin. Yeah. Or, 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 as you know, your, your financial person, you know, should be probably more an owl that yeah. have traits as opposed to a dolphin who's, you know, very creative with the numbers, right? <laughs> that should uh, be your accountant. <laughs> right. And then the E in code are your, your elephants. And these mm -hmm. are your empaths. These are uh, people who uh, bring people together. They collaborate, they learn, Other people might learn solo. They love learning social, mm -hmm. right? And uh, they're the ones that bring people together. So even if you take pop culture, like if we were to take Harry Potter, mm -hmm. right? I mentioned J.K. Rowling's. You know, it would be Harry Potter would be a cheetah, you know, always mm -hmm. in the in the fray, adjusting and adapting. The owl, Hermione, right? Mm -hmm. It's very studious, reading all these books, always very logical thinking. I would say Hagrid would be an elephant. Hagrid brought everyone, he's so loyal, brings all the kids together. You know, they bring a center of community. And um, Dumbledore, you know, the leader, the headmaster would be the creative visionary, you know, the wizard, you know, if you will. And yeah. so you could take I'm trying to figure out which one you are. Yeah. Because that's a tough one. Oh, and I, I want to I I guess what you are also as well. Yeah, so go, you go first. I didn't tell Jim, I, I took the test and okay. he's like, what are you? I'm like, oh, you have to guess on the show. Well, I would imagine... People who are watching or listening to this, this is not my answer, but I would imagine you would be strong in the area of creative because they see you as a creator. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people could see you as a creator, mm -hmm. right? You, the things you put out are very aesthetically pleasing and you oh, create things you. like like books mm -hmm. and courses and everything. If I was to guess, that would be your secondary, but I also know you very well and you take action. <laughs> you jump out of planes, you go places, you learn something and you make those up, you do things. So I, if I was to guess, you would be a cheetah. Dang. Yeah? Yes. No way. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel so like seen through. Yeah. I'm a cheetah. And, and, the, and the beautiful thing about this is nobody's just one, right? We're all composite. I'm sure when you're going through the quiz, they're like, oh, I could be this or, or this kind of close answer. Yeah. And you just pick the, the, the one. Yeah. I wanted to be a dolphin. I'm like, I want to be the creative one. And they're like, no, you just act on your intuition. But I bet you, I bet you, you the dolphin would, could have been a, a strong second for you. Mm-hmm because you also have a lot of those traits. And we're not limited to just one. Just like if you use your right hand, doesn't mean you don't use your left hand. You're just strongest. Um, yeah. you know? And that's that's the idea here. But once I'm so curious about you, because part of me thinks you're an owl because everything is so thought throughout. Like yeah. there's no mistake. Like what you do is so intentional. And I feel like it's, it. yeah, there's no coincidence behind everything you do. It's You're yeah. so well prepared for every interview. I don't even have to ask questions. Like everyone, everyone else would be just, you know, <laughs> relying on me. And Jim's like, no, I got it. Like, so yeah. that's part of me that I would think you might be an owl. But you're also extremely creative and the concepts yeah. you come up with. So I'm torn between the two. Yeah. I mean, I, I see traits just like I'm sure everybody does in the descriptions that I have in, in all these things. I, I am a very strong owl. I, I lean also equally with 
with creative dolphin and elephant. So it's interesting. My owl is, is very Wait, dominant. Wait, I thought you're so antisocial. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. But but also the, the, the defining characteristic. <laughs> that, that's what threw no, no, me no, off. No, 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 no. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But the, 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 the uh, and I, I didn't emphasize this, the, the defining attribute of an elephant is empathy. Uh, And maybe because I was marginalized and bullied, you know, I had this sense of people because I would just watch and feel people all day long at school and just wonder. And hopefully when you see Jim at a public event, he's just in the corner, just watching. And I'm like, you're the biggest one of all of them. And he's just like, I'm just hanging out. I'm like, which is beautiful, but you're very introverted. But I definitely see empathy and and putting yourself in other people's shoes. But my my dominant, though, is is an owl. You're absolutely right. And my secondaries is is very close between dolphin and, and elephant. You know, while I love a cheetah and love to act, you know, we have those on team. And it's interesting because even our team, our customer experience, our customer support team, they're all elephants. Wow. Because they are, they bring community. They're community managers. They uh, they have a lot of empathy and they're, they're there to be able to have people's backs. Do you have access to people's tests so you can see what's what seems to be the most prevalent type um, of I don't of know brain. if we've ever done... We should ask the team. We could, I could, I could let that you know. That would be super sure. cool to know. In terms of the ratios. Yeah. Because it would be super yeah. safe. Because it's like, it could be your, um, the whole point of these tests is right. to like, know to work with your biology, not against yeah. it. And then realize like, okay, cool. Like you, it, you become an expert yeah. at identifying. So you meet other people. And I'm like, well, instead of getting upset with my fiance at X, Y, and Z, you can right. be like, okay, he's now, he's so. And it takes a judgment <laughs> off of, you know. How do I use him? <laughs> it, it takes a judgment off of like the, that we have on people and also our self judgment. Yeah. So we realize, I think part of it is having the curiosity to know yourself. And then having the courage to be that person, yeah. be yourself also. But, you know, we, people go to therapy to get to know themselves or they journal to get to know themselves or they meditate because they get to know themselves. And I think assessments are a great way to get to know yourself. Just like when you're biohacking, you do, you can do your DNA test, right? Yeah, you can, or, you or can a do ring, right? Yeah. yeah. Where we all yeah. have, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And so, and, and I think the more you get to know yourself, the more you love yourself also as well, because you get Beautiful. appreciate, like even the things that I struggle with the most, that I was most ashamed of, are the things that I'm, I'm proud of now. Yeah. Right. And that's part of our own, our own evolution. I also love that in the book, just to change the topic a little bit, yeah. is you embracing AI, because basically AI is epic, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I, I use it all the time. And there's obviously this big fear that it's making people dumb. Right, because yeah. you know you're not, we're not thinking anymore, and I often find myself going to AI instead of Google. Yeah. But instead of just maybe sitting down and asking myself, can I answer this question myself? Right, it's like a good backup. I'm like, ah, oh, let's see what my chat GDP uh, right, tells me. Right, right. But I love that in the book you basically walk people through how to get smarter with AI instead yeah. of letting AI make you dumb. I mean, our team, our stance on it is that technology is a tool for us to use and it can support us to be able to be more productive, to perform better, to make us more profitable and give us greater peace of mind, hopefully. The challenge is is sometimes if we're over-reliant on it, you know, it stores all our phone numbers. And I don't want to memorize 500 phone numbers, but it should be concerning we've lost the ability to remember one. Yeah. I still remember number. my grandma's phone number. Really? She's no longer with us, but yeah, I do because you had to dial. Yeah, back then you had to, and it was like I'm sure you remember some of the phone of numbers course. from back then. But I genuinely don't know Jacob's my fiance phone yeah. number and anymore. And something, someone you call or text, you know, Facetime every single day, yeah. right, or WhatsApp, and that's the challenge. So technology, our approach is 
Technology is not good or bad, it's just how it's applied. Like fire is a form of technology and it could cook your food or it could burn down your home, right? It's just how it's used. The, the challenge is if we're too dependent on it, then technology can make us distracted. Technology mm-hmm. can make us, give us a digital deluge where we're overloaded because technology gives us too much information. It mm-hmm. could also uh, lead, they call it digital dementia, that idea where it does keep, it's like an external hard drive for memory so we don't yeah. have to exercise. But just like my shirt says, it says use it or lose it. Our brains are an organ, but it acts more like a muscle. So for example, I always bring things back to the physical. If you needed to go to the bank and it's six blocks away, if you're to drive, yes, it's convenient, but also your body doesn't get the exercise. Yeah. If you if your if your office or your home is on the sixth floor, you could take the elevator or lift, but or you could take the stairs, right? And so it's technology is convenient, but it's a balance between convenience and also doing the work, right? Because and you same be for fit. the brain, right? It, it's convenient to just go to Chat GDP and ask him. Yeah. You know, I even so funny. I I wish I had my phone on me because I even ask him, "Hey, Chat GDP, what questions should I ask Jim Quick?" Yeah. Just, okay, just cool. for the fun of it. I was yeah. like, I would be curious. And yeah, it went to like you know, what's the dark side of becoming too limitless? Right, so, right. So it went pretty creative. That, that's awesome. And then you know, the other thing, like and even, did, sorry, and it did say, "Wow, congratulations on booking Jim Quick." Yeah, that's just a, a smart AI. <laughs> Um, but even like using relying on technology, there's also this digital deduction challenge where it's if it remember, like if you have to get from here to there, we don't have the visual spatial intelligence as we would if we're relying on a GPS system to take us from there to there. We don't get to build that part of our mm-hmm. brain. But I take a proactive approach with AI. I think it could help us tremendously to improve our HI or human intelligence. You could use examples like you just did, uh, you, you know, to help you create more. And I don't think it's going to replace people. I think people who are using AI are going to replace people who don't use it. Yeah. You know, without a doubt, it's like not using the internet. You know, you're at a huge disadvantage. So ways that you could use it to improve your, it could, first of all, it could, you could use AI to test your reading speed, your reading comprehension. When it comes to learning, simple things like, you know, Jim used the word neuroplasticity. Explain neuroplasticity to me as if I am eight years old. Like that's that's wonderful, right? It's it could it could give you some kind of base knowledge in a very short period of time. Okay. Could I actually grab my phone and let's see what it says? I would love to just see yeah. the feedback on that. And without a doubt, because it's very actionable. I love that your whole book is very actionable. It's not another textbook that you just read and you're like, okay, I want to get smarter, but I feel like I need to be smart already to understand what's inside. Right. No, you reading it, I'm like, damn, I'm smart. I I understand everything you're, he's saying, yeah. which is great. It's, everything's super clear. So let's just give it a little prompt. Explain neuroplasticity as if I'm a eight-year-old. Yeah, let's see what it says. Um, all right, so imagine your brain is like a big city with lots of roads. These roads are how your thoughts and memories travel. So when you're young, the city is still being built, so new roads are popping up all the time. That's why it's easier to learn things like riding a bike or a new language. And your neuroplasticity is like the construction crew for your brain city. When you learn something new or practice a lot, the construction crew makes those roads stronger and faster. I love that. Yeah, it's super good. Yeah, yeah. And how, so how wonderful, and I love, that's what a cheetah would do, by the way. <laughs> they would immediately act and then like test things out. Yeah, because so, I'm like, oh, great, I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the thing. It's one of those things where it's a uh, like, for example, on our podcast, I like to receive the books, obviously, but sometimes I don't get the book in time. And I and I, I don't like to read on screens so much mm-hmm. because I don't need another excuse to be on a screen. But you could ask for a book summary, right? Mm-hmm. You know, 
put it into an AI chat and just saying, can you please give me a summary for this or ask questions for this? And you can even use retrieval practice. So when your memory, you have three parts to remember something. You encode it, you store it, you retrieve it. And retrieval practice is actually a wonderful way to build your memory by testing yourself and quizzing yourself because it's not just pushing information in, it's pulling it out to see if it's really there. And then it reinforces that neuroplasticity, the roads and the construction workers that are working on those. Yeah. You know, so you have about, what, 86 billion brain cells, neurons, and each of those have up to 10,000 synapses connections. So there's the potential connections are more than there are stars in this in this universe, right? Wow. It, I mean, it, it is vast. That's the power that we have, you know, between our ears. And so going going back to this conversation, you could ask it to retrieve information. So if you want to know, they could ask you questions about uh, neuroplasticity to see how much actually was retained. And, or even if you want to mind map, it's a wonderful note-taking technique that we talk about in Limitless. You could say, hey, mind map this subject matter for me like sales or marketing or biohacking, and it'll actually spit out different structures. We teach something in Limitless Expanded using a mind palace, and it's a, a powerful way the ancient Greeks used to memorize uh, speeches and poetry. Right, like you move between one room to another. Right, yeah. using locations or parts of your body or some, you know, maybe your home or your office and storing your topics that you want to remember, facts or, or points to a speech in different locations, and you're just walking around that location in order to be able to remember what you need to do next or what you need yeah. to buy next at the, at the supermarket. And so you could go into GPT and say, hey, build for me a memory palace for this subject matter, right? Beautiful. Or like you can almost like upload the speech and just say, can you build a memory yeah. palace for, for that speech for me? So today I'm doing a TED Talk. Exactly. And then that's the perfect example. Mm -hmm. So, so many different ways to be able to use AI to enhance your HI. And people don't need to be intimidated, just like with biohacking. It's just small, simple steps. Yeah, I like love that you included that thing. in Limitless and, and truly embraced it, which is great. Yeah. Just to sum up, is there any box that you think that you still need to break out of in your life? Blocks? Like, yeah, like boxes, you know? Like, yeah. Do you feel like you still live in some sort of boxes? Are there any limits or glass ceilings that you have put on yourself that you're still kind of trying to... Yeah, yes. Um, yes. I'm, defi Ooh. I'm definitely human. <laughs> and we are all evolving in you know in different ways, and we all have. If we're healthy, there's probably areas that we want to grow. Unless we weren't willing to settle, then then there's no reason. I I push myself like like you do in uh, areas. I feel like life is difficult for two reasons. Either we're leaving our comfort zone, you know, in terms of re we're redrawing the borders and boundaries of those limits, or life is difficult because we're staying in our comfort zone. And life could be pretty difficult also yeah. as well. And so Choose I like your heart. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. Choose your heart. It, it's, it's hard to be broke. It's hard to start a business or a brand and build something. Yeah. You choose it. It's hard to be sick, <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's hard to, to get healthy, but we choose our heart. And going back to the power of choice, that's everything. And just reminding us that we have agency. Personally, well, this this parenthood thing is really throwing me, right? So it's <laughs> I'm, I'm feel limited in that I'm traveling doing a book tour. And while I was away, my son said, Dada, for the first time. Oh. You know, he, he started to crawl for the first, you know, first time. This was all during, you know, travel. So that, that's hard. And so part of me feels limited trying to balance that. And uh, thank so you for sharing, because I think a lot of parents can relate, right? Yeah, that it's yeah, like, yeah. that there is I always like to think when my friend the other day was just like, I think like I'm not being a perfect mom. I'm like, that's 
what makes you perfect because yeah. we're meant to screw up right we're meant to show our children that it's not about getting everything right because if you became this perfect parent that get, gets everything right yeah i don't even know what perfect would look like you know for me it's not about being perfect it's just it's about progress yeah right and it's not even about balance we hear that a lot for me it's about harmony meaning the words we use affect balance for me sounds very sometimes stressful maybe because i relate it to like a balance beam if you're looking if you look at like the balance is like i need to do breath work and meditation and right. eat healthy every single day you know yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh and if you look up the word balance in a dictionary it's about having equal weight and i don't want to spend equal amount of time at work as i do in the gym right like and you know so it's like yeah. equal but it's more harmony is if you have an orchestra not everything is balanced meaning not every person or instrument plays an equal amount of time or, right but yeah, it comes together in a perfect way that creates and it ebbs an and art. flows yeah. depending on and it creates a sim- it creates a harmony oh beautiful and i feel like life could be that uh, for for all of us but i i am here to say for everyone that's listening and watching that we when we t- comes to being limitless we've discovered more about the human brain in the past 20 years than probably the past 2000 years combined. And what we've found is we're grossly underestimating our own capabilities. And so my message for everybody is it's normal to have doubts. It's normal to have fears. It's normal to procrastinate. And what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Right? Because the problem is in society, sometimes we do feel like we're a victim. So we make excuses or we complain and they could be all valid, but nothing changes. That's the problem, mm. right? It wastes a lot of energy. It wastes a lot of time. And the truth is, this, I'm going to my coaching mode, <laughs> but the truth is we it's can't- It's good. It's usually so expensive. Guys, <laughs> use it. It's free. <laughs> but, but part of it is not just reinforcing what people already know. It's calling them on their stuff. And we can't be upset by the results we didn't get from the work we didn't do. And some of us are so addicted to learning and buying books and everything, but they don't do anything with it. And my call to action for people who are listening is obviously you love to learn because you're watching and listening to this conversation. And what I'm here to say is the difference that makes a difference are the are the people who could access more of their cheetah and put things into action. Because knowledge is not power, it has the potential to be power. Knowledge times action is a whole lot of power. And so I truly believe that there's a version of yourself that's patiently waiting. And the goal is we just show up for ourselves every single Beautiful. day until we're introduced to that person. So my wish is that we will break even more limits yes. with the book and what was it? Seven days above Obama. Above Obama. Let's do it. <laughs> seven weeks above Obama. Because right. I think it's such a. I still have the original book, but I definitely oh. will get the updated one. Because I just love everything that you've added. Over a hundred pages yeah. on top of what's already been there. It's also a great and gift. We, and we also. Oh yeah, this is. Um, and, and no thank brainer. You for that. Pun intended. And no brainer. I love that. I love that. Yeah, give the gift of learning. This is this book will help you learn every other book. Literally, will help you. This is in Lord of Rings, they say the one ring that controls them all. This is the one book that will help you learn, remember, focus, retain, apply all the other books. You know, I feel like I wrote it because I wanted it to be a lead domino, like that first domino that makes everything in your life easier mm-hmm. after that. And uh, people can get it at limitlessbook.com. And when they do, they'll get a they'll get some bonus brain training. So when the book arrives, you already have gone through some training on speed reading, memory and everything. So you And then part of your easier. email list, and I know you're doing a lot of lives these days, yeah. like teaching people how to become more limitless. And 
Instagram is at Jim Quick. Yeah, I would love for people actually to take the quiz. quiz go to we'll link mybrainanimal.com sure. and then actually post. We have AI generated art that you could post, tag us both in it, and then so we get to see it. And I'll actually repost a, a few and then gift out a, a few copies to your community just as a And that way we'll see you. like people that are listening to this podcast, what kind of, Right, you know, right, right. Yeah, I, I want to know. Yeah, I want to know out. too. Jim, thank you so much for coming. You're thank the best. You. And um, so excited for this book. I cannot wait for it to break even more limits. Um, and I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you thank you so much also for, for your work and your friendship. It means everything. Thank you.